Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Amen. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate that. Good evening, church. Good to see you tonight. Sure glad you're here with us for Sunday night church service. Trust you had a good day. Did you have a good day? Good. I just want you to know that I love this side of the church just as much as I love that side of the church. I hope you don't feel, but for some reason, this side's got it, man. They just, they always, must be, is it more comfortable on this side? Doug, is more comfortable? Craig, yeah, it is. I thought so. See, they have recliners over there. You just can't see it. So what it is. Closer than me. <laughs> oh, I won't repeat that. You didn't hear that. I won't repeat that. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. We're sure glad you're here. And I'm going to do a little Bible study for a minute or two. Well, it'll be a little bit more than a minute or two, right? And, um, but then I also want to share with you just some things um, in way of kind of preparing us for the, for the fall, you know. Before you know it, we're going to be in September and October and all that kind of fun stuff, you know. And so we've got some things uh, that we want to make you aware of, okay? Sound like a winner? Yeah, good. I'm glad you're in agreement uh, with me. I want you to pray for Mrs. Yanizzi on Wednesday. Uh, she's having a medical procedure. It's kind of a two-hour, um, kind of a two-hour surgery. Y'all good with that? Anybody else have sun in their eye? Everybody good? And so pray for Donna. It's an outpatient deal, and uh, everything should be good. It's just the final. It's the final step in her surgery from January. You know, and so we really. Thank you for your prayers, your love, your support. Covet your prayers for Wednesday because she wants to put this far behind her and move on, right? And so, uh, yes. And then Tyler and I were thinking, one of our dear members said today, it's a busy week, Pastor. We having church Wednesday night? And I said, you know, I didn't even give much thought to it, but Tuesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. And so Tyler and I talked this afternoon, and uh, we thought maybe Wednesday night we'll just forgo evening service. There'll be no midweek service because we have such a busy week, you know. And so you can stay home and pray. Pray for Kid Fest for us. I hope you have a family time Wednesday night and uh, just get around with your family and have a little devotion. Uh, if, if you need to, I'll come by your house and, and, and preach for a little bit, but I, I prefer that. Nobody take me up on that. Uh, so I prefer you just get with your family, have some prayer, and then join us on Thursday night, Friday night, one night or the other, even if you just come by to see what's going on and praise God for it, okay? Sound like a winner? You remember back, oh, I don't know, um, it was a while ago, I asked you to pray for a dear friend of ours, kind of like, like a father in the faith um, down in Florida. His name is John Ferrazano. You remember that? John had serious surgery. Uh, at the time, he was 86 years old and went, I think he went, went under um, a, a combined surgery of 20 hours, had cancer in his neck, you know, and uh, man, he just, he did great and made it through uh, the surgery well, and he's doing great, and today, 
today is his birthday. It's his 87th birthday. And um, I know he was watching us this morning. He usually watches every service. And, uh, and so if he's watching right now, um, I want to sing happy birthday to him. Would you join me? Yeah, would you? His name is John. But let's sing it this way. Happy birthday. God bless you. Okay? So in case you forget his name in the middle of it, you won't put something else in there. Okay? Can we do that? Would you turn my microphone off? Thank you. Here we go. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. That was for you, Brother John. We love you. And if you're watching, happy birthday. Hope you have a, have a great night. Join me, if you would, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4. And uh, who's up there? Quentin? I'm going to take it from here, okay? Just for a little bit, if you don't mind. Look in Matthew 4, and uh, in verse number, verse number 19. Now, you know this text. In verse 18, Jesus is walking by the sea. Of, have you ever been there? Around the Sea of Galilee, you ever been there? How many been there before? Tremendous spot, right? It's, man, it's, it's therapeutic when you look out over that sea. And he sees two brethren. He sees Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. And they're fishing. They're casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And notice what Jesus said in verse 19. He saith unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Right? You've heard that before, haven't you? Now, there's a lot of ways you can go with that one Bible verse, but if you put it in its context and then read on, here's what you find. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And so they, they volunteered. Going from thence, they saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. They're in a ship with their father mending their nets, and he called them. And notice, they immediately left the ship and their father and followed them. And then Jesus is doing ministry. You know, he's out about teaching in the synagogues. He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He's healing all manner of sickness. And, and his fame is growing. I mean, people are hearing about him. They're hearing about what's going on through his ministry. And their men are just gathering wherever he is now they want to be, you know. And it says in verse 25, and, and there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and Jerusalem, Judea. And for beyond Jordan. And notice what he does in Matthew 5, 1, because you know the Bible wasn't written with chapter divisions. You're aware of that, right? You know, it was just, it's just in, in, you know, in book form. And so you can continue reading and, and still be in the same context. And so he's gathering a multitude in verse 5, seeing the multitude. He went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying. And from Matthew 5, 6, 7, we have what's called what? Three chapters together are called the Sermon on the Mount, which includes the Beatitudes. And so I want you to see this. I want you to see that there's a connection between what Jesus does in chapter 4 and what he does after that. In chapter 4, four he reaches out into the community, and he calls certain individuals to follow him, follow me. And we call that, when you follow Jesus and when you are, you know, learning of him and trying to serve him and, and imitate him and emulate him, we call that discipleship, right? 
And we call those men, those people, disciples. They are followers of Christ. You know, sometimes in our society, we might call them interns or apprentice, right? And what they're doing is they're learning from someone who has learned. And then they're going to try to follow the example. And really, if the student is a good student, the student will far exceed and excel the teacher. That's why Jesus said, greater work shall ye do. I'm going to pour my life into you, and then I'm going to leave you, and greater work shall you do. Right? It's a compliment when your mentor says to you, man, you are doing greater works than I ever thought to do. That's a great compliment. Jesus was complimenting his disciples, his followers. And, and from this text, I, I, I always like verse 19 because for me, I read it this way. Jesus said, follow me and I will train you. Follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. If you follow me, I'll train you so that you'll be enabled to do what I've called you to do. Are you with me? And so we call that discipleship training. Discipleship training. And, and I don't want to drag this on tonight because it's, it's a fun topic for me and I can get lost in it. But I want you to notice that God really does have a discipleship program. It didn't begin with some church in history. It didn't begin with the fundamental movement. It didn't begin with open Bible. We do have a discipleship program where when people get saved, we like to then teach them and train them on how to be what God wants them to be. And every year, month after month, we are engaged, actively engaged in training individuals for Christ. Well, that didn't begin with us. No, that began with the Lord. And he's got a program. And, uh, and I wish I could just take the time and go through it this evening. Uh, but the program's interesting. Uh, in fact, you know, I remember going um, a few years ago, I remember going to college. And before I even registered and signed up, I got a copy of the course program. You know, I wanted to know what's being offered. You know, what, what programs do they have? Uh, I, I selected a program called Pastoral Theology, right? I, I, I believe the Lord was calling me into the ministry. I believe he was calling me into the pastorate. And so there's a course study called a program called a program track called Pastoral Theology. Brother Tyler, is that what you had in Bible College? Is that what you had over there in Bible College Division? Pastoral Theology. Well, God's got a program. Uh, and that program, I really do believe that program, if you read your Bible, has a course catalog. I remember when they put the catalog in my hand and I saw the, the program that I wanted to uh, study, it was pastoral theology, and then underneath of it were all the courses that would be required, first two years, and then in the third and fourth year, not only required courses, but elective studies. So courses that if I wanted to take, like counseling or um, you know, how to be a good husband. I failed that course. I've repeated that course over and over for the last 25 years, and I'm still struggling in that area. But you get, you get the idea. Well, well, there's a course catalog for God's program. And, and, then, and then when you think about it, now pay attention to this, there seems to be no ending to the training. You know, when you become a disciple of Christ, there, there is a catalog. I'm going to show you the catalog in a moment. But then there seems to be no ending to the training. You know, 
uh, I've been saved for a few years, and there's people in this room been saved a lot longer than I. And isn't it true that we're still learning? Isn't it true that there's always something to learn? Isn't it true that there's always a new experience on the horizon when you follow him? It's awesome, isn't it? And then, and then I think this is true too. There seems to be the need to repeat a course even if you passed it. Have you ever noticed that in God's program? Even though you passed the course, he wants you to repeat it, you know? And so it's interesting when you become a disciple of Christ, you know, all that is involved. But there is a course catalog. And I, 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 we can spend the next, oh, I don't know, two hours and going through the catalog. But what I did was I just highlighted for our study this evening just a few of the courses that are involved in following the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think, I think if you've been around for any length of time, and if you're a little bit serious about following him, you, you may have taken one of these courses. You want to look at the catalog? All right. There's a course that is labeled as B101. And that's not the radio station in the area. But the course is Broken Promises. Broken pro- How many of us have been enrolled in that course, B101, Broken Promises? Wow, look at that. Yeah. Uh, if you had a catalog, I have one. Uh, you don't have one. But if, if you had one, here would be the description of this course. Are you listening real good? In this course, the student will be promised something by someone but the person will break their promise. How many of us want to sign up for that course? Sign me up, Pastor. But here's the truth of the matter, and that is this. When you follow Jesus, when you sign up to follow Him, there are going to be some letdowns. You don't have to get excited. I don't expect you to. It's Sunday night. There's going to be some broken promises. There are going to be some disappointments. Things are not always going to be what someone promised you they would, you know? Have you ever heard this? People have said to me, haven't, hasn't been lately, but years ago, I remember talking with some individuals who maybe have been recently saved, (laughs) and they would say something like this, man, I thought after I got saved, everything was going to be kind of… I mean, they were expecting that, you know, with getting saved, you get, a, you get an exemption card. Did you get an exemption card when you got saved? And every time a difficulty comes up, you just flash the card. It's kind of like, you know, the police commissioner. You got his card in your pocket. You got his name. And trouble's coming your way. Trial's coming your way. Difficulty's coming your way. And you just flash the card. Huh? Well, if you got that card, I want one. I didn't get one. Huh? And when you read through the scriptures, I mean to tell you you, 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 you just see that course in action. In fact, you know what it says in the description? It not only says this course will be promised, uh, you'll be promised something by someone, but the person will break the promise. But it says this in the, and you got to read, it's in the fine print. It says this, this course may be repeated often for many credits. Now, you know I'm making this up, right? But isn't that true? Huh? Can I give you a case study? Think about, think about Jacob. Remember Jacob? Jacob was the son of Isaac, who was the son of Abraham, who was the son of, ha, gotcha, Tira, who? 
Many nations. No, Abraham was the father, not the son of many nations. Right? But, but remember Jacob? Jacob, Jacob, he sees this woman. He sees this girl. Her name was? Who? What was Rachel's wife's name? Rachel's wife's name. Rachel's wife's name was Rachel. Stink. I gave it away again. So Jacob sees this young lady, Rachel. He desires her. And so you know what he does? He does what he was trained to do. He goes to her father, whose name was? I know it's Sunday night, but we can't be that brain dead. Laban. And Laban says, okay, I'll tell you what you do. If you work for me for how many years? Seven. Ah, oh, now you got it. Now you're with me. You work seven years. And at the end of seven years, she's yours. You know what, you know what, you know what Jacob said? A hubba, hubba, hubba. He said, no, no problem, man. I'm in for that. And so he works for seven years. Seven years are up. He goes to Laban and he says, and you know what Laban does? <laughs> he breaks his promise. Breaks his promise. And instead of, somebody said surprise, instead of Rachel, he gets Leah. Leah. Huh? Now, I'm not sure Leah was probably a, an attractive, she was the Rachel, Rachel's sister. The Bible doesn't tell us she was beautiful or ugly. doesn't make a difference. She wasn't Rachel. Broken promise. Huh? And you know, when you read through the scriptures, you see that over and over and over again, where when you follow God, there doesn't just, there just doesn't seem to be a promise that everything is going to go our way. And there will be disappointments. But you just have to keep following. Say this with me. I must keep following. Yeah. Here's another course. It's B-102. Evil for good. Evil for good. Yeah. Uh, let me give you the uh, course description. It's in the catalog. You can check for yourself. Here's what it says. In this course, the student will do something good for someone only to have that person do evil toward him in return. Wow. Somebody say... I've had that course too, Pastor. Huh? Well, it does say in the fine print, since you said that this course may be repeated often for many credits. Evil for good. Let me read the description again because you didn't, you didn't get with the program. The student will do something good for someone only to have that same person do evil toward him in return. Isn't it sad to admit that really does happen in the body of Christ? It really does happen in the family of God? I was talking to somebody this week, and I talked to so many people, I don't remember who it was, but I had, I, I heard myself saying that sometimes the people that you love the most, the people that you invest in the most, the people that you give the most to, are the people that hurt you the most. It's true, and that's, that's true in following the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when you put that T-shirt on and you say, I'm following him, it's almost like having a target on your back. <laughs> right? Huh? A case study. Think about David. Right? You know, David was a fine young man. And at one point in time in his life, he, he, really, he really took a liking to Saul. Saul was the king. And you know, you know the story of David and Goliath, Right? 
you know, where, you know, David just shows up and out of nowhere, he's, feed, he's bringing his brother some, some, some lunch and sees Goliath. And long story short, he jumps out into the valley and he defeats the, you know, the giant. And, and man, everybody's happy. And now, you know, Saul takes a liking to him and Saul, you know, kind of brings him in and makes him part of his military. But one day, there's a parade right down Main Street. And here comes Saul and David and, you know, the Israeli military, and they just came back from a campaign where they were victorious again. You know the story? And, man, everybody is saying, they're shouting, you know, hey, good job, way to go. You know, you've got blood on your hands. How many did you kill? You know, and all of a sudden they start saying, Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain his tens of thousands. And guess what happens? Saul gets a little, mm-mm, right? And from that point on, he starts to look at David a little differently. And now, and now, and now he begins to become jealous of, and this is the same David who fought Goliath, the same David who submitted to him as one of his military leaders, a general, the same David who would go into the palace and, and play on the harp music when Saul was oppressed by demons. This was the same David that, that almost worshipped uh, Saul. And now the Bible tells us Saul's in it, he's trying to kill him. Huh? Evil for good. David does him good, and what's he get in return? He gets some evil. You know what you read about David? David got his suitcase, packed all his clothes. He submitted his resignation at the front desk of the palace and said, I'm not coming back. That's it. I'm done serving God. I'm not sure what Bible you're reading, but that's not what happens in that story. Hello? But how many times people just take their little, they take their little suitcase of things and, and they take their little membership and they submit their little resignation and they run off somewhere else and they think, this is certainly greener grass over here. And they forget every church has giants and every church has people. Hello? If you couldn't stand firm and fight your giants where you are, you're not going to stand firm and fight your giants where you're going. Help me here. I always marvel at the text of Scripture in the book of Romans where it talks about overcoming evil with good. So how do you overcome evil? You do good. Do you know what happens when you do good? Anybody know? The Bible says evil was present with it. You missed that, didn't you? Look here. How do you overcome evil? You do good. What happens when you do good? Evil is present with it. You know what it is? It's the dog chasing his tail. Or in other words, it's just a lifetime of just do what you're supposed to do. No matter what befalls you, no matter how people respond to you, no matter what happens, if you're following him, just follow. Just follow. Pretty practical, isn't it? Here, here's, here's the final course. This is B103, opportunity testing. Opportunity testing. Here's a course description. You ready? This is intriguing. The student will be given an opportunity to take revenge on an enemy who has been attempting to ruin the student's life. Opportunity testing. And so now there's an opportunity for me to get a little payback. 
the individual who's been trying to ruin my life, I now have an opportunity to give him a taste of his own medicine. Hello? Huh? You're not getting with me for some reason. I'm not sure why. You don't like the course content? What is it? You don't like the catalog? Should I give you ice cream while I teach this? Yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Think about this. That same David, remember that David? You know what happens when you read on? Saul's after him trying to kill him, right? David's running for his life. He's hiding in caves and dens and whatnot and so forth, and he's got a band of guys with him. And there's a time, and you can read it for yourself over in 1 Samuel chapter number 24, uh, there's a time when they come across Saul and his army, and guess what? Man, it's in the middle of the night, and they're sleeping. They're sleeping. Saul's sound asleep, man. He's snoring. And David's men says, they, they tell David, hey, guess who we got? We can go and we can do it, man. You can cut off his head right here, right now. And you know what David says? Here's his opportunity to get revenge. Here's his opportunity to give Saul a taste of his own medicine. I love what he says. He says, shall I lay my hand upon God's anointed? That's not for me to take care of. God will take care of him. You know what he did? He just trimmed off a little piece, <laughs> you know, of his cloak. And even at that, John, even when David did that, his conscience bothered him. He was bothered by that. Opportunity testing. There's going to come an opportunity for you and I to be able to either fall to temptation or the enticement of it or to succumb it and say, Lord, I trust you got my back. I trust you got my back. And let me just say this to you. That's a, hard, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. When somebody does you wrong, it's hard not to do them wrong. It's hard not to defend yourself. It's hard not to jump on that. Huh? And we can go on and we can go on and we can go on, but I don't want to wear you out. Every course has an objective. Right? So, there, God's got a program. It's a training program. And it's filled with all kinds of courses. They're just a few. That was just B1. That's freshman. That's freshman year, first semester. Huh? By the way, we're in the master's program here. Oh, come on. You're not giving me anything tonight. <laughs> master's program, you get it? Amen. Uh, so, but what's the objective? In a word, trust. God wants you and I to come to a place or arrive at a place where we simply trust Him. Amen. I know we say it. We know how to talk the talk. But walking the walk and actually doing it is another story. I think we hear Him in every one of those courses saying, do you trust me? For example, do you trust me even when you think I don't care? Huh? I know we're too big to admit it, but there's times when it gets lonely. And there may be times when we're going through something, we might be thinking, I thought you loved me. I thought I belonged to you. I thought you cared about me. All I really want to do is serve you. I just want to please you. And hello, you ever been there? You read through the scriptures and you find there's some people that have been there. In fact, David in the Psalms, right? Did you ever read the Psalms? Man, oftentimes you find David just, you know, not blaming God, cussing God, angry with God, just saying, Lord, what's going on? You know, people are turning against me, and I'm going through. Do you trust me even when you think I don't care? Uh, 
do you trust me enough not to lean to your own understanding? Trust me and don't lean to your own understanding. Did you ever hear God's whisper that in your heart? In fact, one of our favorite Bible verses, Proverbs chapter number three, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall. Do you trust me and lean not to your own understanding? That's difficult. And come on, help me out here. I'll stop, I'll stop preaching, teaching, doing. Let's have a conversation for a moment. Isn't that tough? Isn't it? I mean, aren't we often, at least I am, and I'm not ashamed to admit it, I'm often, I often lean to my own understanding. You know, I often want to, you know, shoot off a response. Huh? I often want to give somebody my two cents. Hello? You know what they say about two cents, right? You keep giving your two cents, you ain't going to have no cents left. Leaning to your own understanding. Do you trust me? Uh, trust me, my timing is perfect. Hello? God's timing is perfect. It's perfect. You know, when I jump ahead of him, I always mess things up. How about you? It's, it's hard to just stay in, in, in step with him. You know, you got to be sensitive because sometimes he stops. You know, right? Did you ever you got some grandkids, you know, playing, you know, follow the leader. Come on, keep up. And you stop. They all bump into you. Did you ever play the game when you're, huh? God does it to us every once in a while just to make sure we're paying attention. Huh? I'll tell you one thing he never does. He never goes backwards. You'll never see him in the, No. No, but there are times I think he pauses so we can catch up. Maybe catch our breath. You with me? Do you trust me? My timing is perfect. I get this one. Trust me, your sin will hinder you. Trust me, your sin will hinder you. David found that out, didn't he? Huh? Go one place with me and we'll close. Go to Psalm 51. One of the great psalms of david i won't get into all the details but david fell into sin in psalm 51 he's he's pleading for forgiveness right he's crying out to god verse one have mercy upon me O god verse two wash me thoroughly from what cleanse me from my sin in verse 3, he acknowledges his transgression. And he says this in verse 3, My sin is ever before me against thee, thee only, have I sinned. He understood he offended God. He said, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity and sinned my mother. To... I don't think he's blaming his mom here. He's just saying I'm a sinner. And I sin because of who I am. You sin, I sin because of who we are. But here's what he says, verse 6, I know you desire truth in the inward parts. In the hidden part, thou shalt make known wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, Renew a right spirit within me. Cast not away, uh, cast uh, me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Now look at verse 11. He said, restore unto me, what? 
the joy. Trust me, your sin will hinder you. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. He said, then will I teach transgressors thy way. Sinners shall be converted. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O, O God, thou God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Lord, open thou my lips and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. What's David saying? David's saying this, when I sinned, my sin hindered me. And I guarantee you this, friend, your sin will hinder you. Your sin will hinder you. Follow me, and I will train you. That's what the Lord said. Follow me, and I'm going to put you into this training program, you know, discipleship program, discipleship training, some great courses, you know, and these courses will get the most out of you. And the whole objective is just to get you to the place where you trust me. You trust me. Look up here for a second. I'm finished with this. Think right now, real quick, real quick. I'm going I'm to say this. I want you to think. First person comes in your mind. Don't say it out loud. Who do you, and I don't want it to be God. I'm talking about a human. Who do you trust the most? Who, who came into your mind? Who came into your mind? If you're married, how many would say my spouse? I, I trust that person the most. Some might say my parent. Right? So what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? With all my heart, I trust my wife. I mean that. We've been married for a long time. I trust her more than anyone alive, and there's many others that I trust, but I trust my wife supreme. You know what I mean by that? I mean to tell you, I would put my life in her hands. I know that whatever she says to me, she says to me because she loves me and has my best interest in her heart. I believe that she would never, ever hurt me. I've never one time in, in all these years of being married, never one time doubted her sincerity and her love for me. Never one time. Doesn't mean our marriage has been perfect. I mean, we've had our spats, you know? There are times when she raised her voice and said to me, oh, yeah? <laughs> My wife doesn't raise her voice. But I know when she's serious. Huh? Right? I'm going to trust her with everything I have. Let me ask you this. Think about that one person you trust like that. Do you trust God like that? Have you put your life in his hands? Do you believe he's got your best interest in his heart? Do you believe he's for you, would never do anything to hurt you? That he loves you supreme and there's nothing that you can do to disappoint him and he'll never disappoint you? See, that's what this is all about. It's not about you. Look here. Not about you and I. Not about us doing. Oh, discipleship is about me doing more for us, serving God and getting busy for God. Hey, that's all wonderful. But that's not what discipleship is about. No, it's about you and I coming to a place in our lives where we trust Him. Where we trust Him. And so, do you trust Him? Let's pray for a moment. I'll give you a couple of thoughts here in closing. But let's, let's just pray for a moment. Our heads are bowed. Just between you and God. I'm not even going to pray for you. Just you and God. Go ahead. Just have a little chat. Talk to him about this, talk to him about this trust thing for a moment or two. Father, we have no reason to doubt you. 
Jesus taught us that you, being our Heavenly Father, know how to give good gifts, and you do. You give us good gifts. You provide for us all that we need. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. And I know you send lessons our way just to learn how to trust you more, draw closer to you, depend on you, lean on you, trust you. And I would pray that our faith in the Word causes us to have trust in your person. And I pray you'll just continue to do a great work in our hearts, our lives. I know trust begins at salvation. We trust you with our soul. Many in this room have done that. There's someone who has yet. I would pray tonight you'll help them, encourage them, and reveal to them your love so that they might be willing to place their their soul in your hands, trusting what Jesus did on the cross at Calvary to be sufficient payment for their sin. God help them. We just pray you'll continue to bless Open Bible in wonderful ways. We pray in Jesus' name, and amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.